0: Welcome to Full Stack Business Owner where we're enhancing your full stack of skills to build wealth inside and outside your business. Today we are bringing you along the journey with us. This is part number two of our previous episode that we did. Now if you want to jump in on the conversation and ask us any questions, share your current journey and what you are pondering, head over to Facebook, join the Facebook group. It is called a Full Stack Business Owner Community. More than happy to have a chit chat with you and uh, join but before we dive into it, Charlie, let's cue your infamous disclaimer.
1: Charlie here from Full Stack Business Owner. I need to let you know that Grant, myself, and the Full Stack Business Owner team are in no way, shape, or form qualified to give you financial advice or pick investment products. We highly encourage you seek out and engage the use of professionals when making financial decisions or comparing investment products.
0: Actually, you know what, you framed this up so well in an episode sort of just previously around how a lot of people do the whole do as I say, not as I do routine, especially people on podcasts or YouTube, et cetera. Um, do you just want to give us a bit of a reframe as to why we love these kind of journey episodes?
1: Yeah, well, first one, we're on the journey here. Like We, we, we want to be full stack business owners ourselves. Like we're not teachers, like we are students.
0: I don't think anyone would pay us to teach them.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Fire. What is it? Shots fired already. (laughs) The second one is it drives me nuts when I go on a YouTube channel and you watch someone like go over the monthly data. So they'll be like, oh, this is what happens this month from a point that like they knew what was going to happen. Like they were positioned for it. But it's like, you know, oh, they might be saying, well, you know, this is what happened this month in property. But really, they bought all their property 10 years ago and that's why they're successful. They didn't time any of this
0: stuff. I feel like I know the people you're talking about, John. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: And, and I will give a shout
1: out. There's some really great people out there that do share. Like um, one of the ones I'll give a little um, – he's a controversial character. I don't agree with everything he does. But um, Birchy Nathan Birch, oh, I love rightly it. or wrongly, he shares what he does. And he goes, like I, like, I bought this, I've done this, I'm going through this and, like, I, I really appreciate that because I, it brings me a level of understanding. And he always talks about the, like, why he's doing it. Yeah. And that's totally. what I find helpful.
0: And But he also changes his opinion as he progresses. And he will openly say, like, I have changed. This is what I used to do. This is what I'm now doing because of these reasons. I love that.
1: Oh, but CoreLogic uh, said this in Brisbane. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> yeah. of of him. So, but i Birgie. Yeah.
1: So this episode, um, I mean, I think we did a bit of a life update more in the other one or business update, which was a fun episode. But this one Correct. I want to dig more into the like investing side of things because uh, a lot has changed. So I might kick this one off, Grant. is that Can I be a bit of a hog now? Dude, totally.
0: I'll give, I'll give you the mic. All
1: right. So um, for myself, right, I've reached a point now where I'd like I'm in a stage of evaluation, we'll call it. Like I've reached some pretty significant milestones with what I've done and then I'm looking at it and going well what am I going to do next year and then on top of that there's been some environmental changes so my goal hasn't changed at all like where I want to get to in the end game let's call it i'm i'm clear on but because of factors like environment So let's say interest rate rises and inflation, and then also like opportunity. Like I can't get access to the deals I used to get because like the property markets changed or, you know, other things have changed. So, and then thirdly is like business has done really well. Like I'm actually in a position to do something if something is available, but it's like the mix of all these three things has got me going. I need to be careful on the moves I make here and I need to look at what I'm doing so I can make the right move because of all these factors that I mentioned just then, like it's not the same. You can't just do a rinse and repeat of yep. what I was doing to get the result I was perhaps hoping for under my previous assumptions.
0: So I'm curious, uh, in your hypothesis on this, or why are you feeling like more is not the answer? Like if you've got a winning recipe, and I know that you said the market seems to be different, but I've, I've heard polarizing views on that. Like why do you see things slightly different? Like why are you uh, analysing it this way? Yeah, well
1: that's a really good question in itself. And I'll probably use an analogy to frame this one up. Like I just think in my case from here, like I have an opportunity cost factor. Mm. Like I really do. It's like, uh, again, and I'll use that analogy. is like, imagine, you know, you go back, oh, I don't know, maybe 20 years ago now. And it's like, you know, putting an ad in the yellow pages was really effective. Yep. And I'll bet there's businesses out there today that still do really well out of the yellow pages. Maybe. maybe.
0: I'll say maybe. maybe.
1: (laughs) Maybe. But the point being is that, yeah, (laughs) so many business names out there. (laughs) Quadruple A. Anyway, the point I make is like at a certain point, the internet came along and changing strategies was merited. The goal of that business didn't change, but changing strategies was merited for a a variety of reasons. Now, I'm not saying that's potentially happening, but I think you want to evaluate that. So if you're being an investor, you don't want to like blindly do the same thing without occasionally checking what is going on elsewhere or recognizing the signs, right? So for me right now, I'm looking at this and going, okay, maybe this is a time where doing the same is the right thing. Maybe this is a time when I need to look at changing my strategy because the internet has come along in this analogy. Yep. And I need to look at getting on the internet and doing Google ads and things like that. Or maybe this is a time of patience. Maybe this is all just part of the cycle. And for myself, right, I've never been in us in this part of the cycle. Like again, it might have happened in a different thing, but for myself is like I don't know when we've last had an interest rate rising cycle. Yep. that has been in this way or inflation has been an issue in the same well or I've had a been in this position financially, right? All these things have changed.
0: Yeah, I, it is It is one of those things I really want to sort of hit home around the situation is so unique. Like anyone listening to this, like if you've never started investing in things like that and you're listening to Charlie, it's like, oh, my gosh, maybe I should just reevaluate absolutely everything. Sure, we have got to remember that, Charlie, you're at a very different stage of your investment journey where I would actually call it probably like a risk off kind of stage where you're going, well, what's going to be the next best investment without adding complexity or uh, without adding risk to what I'm already, what I've already got. Because now you've got this amazing portfolio, which so many people would dream of on going, well, I can't risk this. I just, more <laughs> is not just always the answer, especially where when it comes to investments. And is a it, is a great sort of, uh, analogy that I'll play off on this, around the stages of business. Now, everyone who listens to this, I assume, is business owners, where if you've got a business that's just starting out, going from zero to like a million dollars worth of revenue each year, is probably you just pushing very, very hard, doing sales marketing. And I was gonna going say,
1: to say, it's like sales and marketing activity, right? You're in startup a, mode.
0: Correct. But then when you go, okay, now I'm at one mil, like you can maintain that quite easily. But then going, well, from one mil to like three or five million, well, now it's a, a fundamental beast. Doing more of the same is not going to work here. Like you're going to burn yourself out. You're putting too much risk on one person. You're, like, you're not diversifying. You're not really understanding what you're going to do. So what do you do? You got to bring people in, right? You might still be able to get to a 3 or $5 million revenue with the same product, with the same offer, maybe in yellow pages, et cetera. But now that you've got a team on you've got a different risk profile. It's not just you where you're like, I can work Saturdays and Sundays and stuff. Now you've got a team of, well, what about their well-being? How do I maintain it and, and grow for them? But then when you're at a five mil looking at 10 mil or 15 or 20, well, now it's very different. Well, where else am I going to market? Yellow pages might be dropping, so I might not be getting the leads I used to have. So now I'm going to have to venture out into other marketing aspects. I'm going to have to bring on a sales team. I'm going to have to have different products to sell. Maybe I was selling to... I know dog groomers, and now I'm going to have to expand to like other pets or other areas in order for me to bring in more revenue. More of the same is just not going to work because you'll always hit this glass ceiling, right? And the market will always shift. Maybe people don't own dogs anymore. Maybe there's more cat people or whatever it is, goldfish people. You always have to reevaluate and reshift. It's just more, well, what is the point of reevaluating, reshifting? Is it the ceiling in the business of revenue? Is it the market around you that's changing It is just prudent to sort of stop and shift. And I think that's really interesting around what you're doing now, Charlie, Ongoing, what is the next best move based on all of these environmental and personal sort of portfolio um, that's gonna be the right next step?
1: Yeah, it's always funny when you find someone who's just starting a business, like maybe they're like not at their first 100K yet and they're like, I've got too much risk in this marketing channel, I need to diversify.
0: It's like, no, no. no. (laughs) you need to get one thing working. (laughs) I remember when I first started, I dove deep into that like philosophy. And for some reason, I just like dive into like stoicism and stuff because that's what all like the cool $100 million SaaS founders and stuff were doing. And I'm like, I'm not even near that. Like upon reflection, I'm like, why the hell was I thinking about stoicism and legacy and all this shit? I'm like, I should have stayed in where I'm at and understood that context.
1: Correct. And to disclose, like I have 11 properties right now. I've got which is, and I think I've got like sixteen or seventeen tenants, right? Because we've got like some unit blocks and uh, triplexes and things like that. But to the point is like my LVR is fifty percent under fifty percent, so like I actually (laughs) own more of my portfolio than I have debt on. And as I say that, and I don't say that to like boast or flex or anything like that, but I just to the point being to the person out there that hasn't got their first investment, whatever it is, whether it's property or shares or other things, I'm not. I'm not here to pick it. But like the way you would act in this environment is different to how I'm going to act in this environment.
0: Fundamentally. Like we're we're talking in the previous episode around finding great plays to scale the business that we're in to continue to push it. Now, if you're making 100K revenue a year, trust me, like your number one step is not to go and push all that revenue into one person to try and scale. scale. You need to go and build your revenue.
1: But you know what challenges me here? What? I have the option of doing nothing. This is again. They don't like who talks about this, and like maybe that. Maybe I can be the one of the first here. Is like literally like new ground. I don't have to do anything, and I've hit my goal. Yep. Like I can live a, a great life from here, and you know hit all my financial targets and all the rest of it uh, from here. So doing nothing gets the result. I'm financially independent. I think is the word people use from that fund. Like everything is either for. Uh, like challenging myself, like a big thing for me at the moment is I don't want to get stale and I also want to see what I'm really capable of. And I think uh, like stopping here would just bring out the worst version of myself, like a lazy version of myself where I think I'm capable of more.
0: Could you imagine that?
1: The lazy Charlie. Mm
0: -mm -mm. One day I'll get you there.
1: One day. But uh, the next component of that though is that – Why take risk if you don't have to in an environment that is potentially riskier and I won't call that as well. So again, like this whole personal circumstance thing really shapes it up differently.
0: And I think, yeah, I still just want to hammer that. That is what everybody needs to think about is when you assess your personal situation, right? Like if you're in Charlie's situation where you've essentially hit fire, which is like financial independence, retire early kind of thing, where you do have the opportunity Dude, for the, all those people who are out there in the exact same spot the channel is in, great. Listen, think, like go, oh, that's contextually relevant to me. For everyone who might not be there, go, oh, that's what other people, that's where I'm going to progress to and the thoughts I might have at that stage, which I think is awesome because everyone should get there, especially if they're listening to this. And for people who were earlier, just go, wow, that's awesome. How am I going to play this? Is that going to influence anything that I'm doing right now or am I just still going to have a risk on it and go hard? go completely
1: hard into it. Yeah. So I mentioned a few things here I'm, I am doing because I think this is a powerful strategy for a lot of people, um, even if you're not in my circumstance or a different circumstance. Like there's three sectors of people I'm going to right now and just oh, like getting this. as much information I can from. Get the so notepads out.
0: Get the notepads yeah. out.
1: All right, here we go. So um, first one is like I'm going to everyone on my Wells team and going like, how are you winning for other people? How do you see me winning more from here? So like what strategy do you recommend at the moment? Do we need to change anything? Is it more of the same? Like I want to gather my team's opinion because like I've, um, what do you call it, like vetted my team very strongly here. Extremely. I know they're very good at what they do. I take their recommendations very seriously.
0: Yep. And the context, one, the context is king on that one as well, right, of telling them like this is my scenario, what would you do? What are other people who have a very similar scenario to me doing? And then you can go more generic. What are other people thinking about? Like, I, I think these people see so much of this that they will just have insights that you've never thought about before.
1: Well, the great thing about your team though is they know your circumstance, they know your numbers. Where it's like uh, the second category of people I will talk about is like your network. My network doesn't know the inner workings of my portfolio and business like my accountant does. Correct. So my accountant's opinion, I've got to weight more heavily than you know people I just know from here, um, but. In the context of network, like I look at, well, how are people in my network winning? And I'll share the most interesting one on the people in my network that I've spoken to. Many of them have decided this is not a time to invest. They're actually reinvesting in their business rather than investing outside their business because their belief, and I'm not going to say is my belief, but their belief is not a good time for investing, great time for business. I want a stronger business. I'm seeing opportunities with team and the world changing, I can get far better returns in there. Now, not everyone's business, that may be true, but for the ones I'm talking to, it definitely is. Some are riding some big trends and I could see why they would make that judgment. Um, And then the third one, I I actually, and I'm I'm nervous sharing this one, but I will. I've paid people to review my portfolio who are experts in different fields. So I've like paid a commercial property guy to review what I'm doing and make his recommendation. I've paid uh, someone who's stronger in like development to review what I'm doing and make a recommendation and, and other assets as well. I won't go into all of them, but I'm like collating this data pool so I can just uh, make a really well-informed decision about what potentially my next moves will be, which I will take responsibility for and not blame financial advisors. Like-
0: <laughs> <laughs> but what they say, and uh, I'm just going to put this out there. So I know a guy who's got about $17 million in, in property. And he's done something very similar. So I had a great conversation with him. And I'm like, where to now? Like, what's your next step? And it's like, so he's doing like a whole of subdivisions and looking for like capital growth and stuff. Cause he's like, I don't really know what ne- what's next. I got this good team kind of doing this thing. But he's like, I know I should probably understand where I'm going to go to next on this. Cause I know he wants to travel around the world. And he did exactly the same thing. So he reached out to his network of people who have done the thing. And so he has a mate who's got $50 million in commercial property. He's like- this is everything. This is my business. This is it. Let's have a chit chat around like, what would you do? How would you approach this? And he knows that they're going to have a personal bias towards commercial, right? But he's like, I just want to see what other people, how they would think about it. Use their brain power in my situation. Uh, He actually paid someone that you and I know uh, to go and review everything. And he's just like, I don't care. Just bring to me a couple of different scenarios of what you would do and why, like how would you actually approach this? And so he's actually leveraging the exact same thing because I think this is where people level up the most. I think so many people are cautious around, oh, I'm shy because I don't have enough investments or you know what, maybe they don't have as many investments as me. So who do they know? Because I I know more. And it's actually like, well, no, sometimes having the conversations with these three different groups of people, of your trusted wealth building team, uh, your network, as well as paying for professionals, is the way for you to upskill, is the way for you to understand what opportunities sit around, but also for you to have your own opinion, not just listen to one person and go, that's my opinion. Thank you very much.
1: I must admit, I absolutely love understanding how other people are making money or building wells differently to me. Yeah. Like I, just through pure curiosity and fascination, I may not do any of it, but I'm just like, wow, like so many ways to do it. And I think it adds optionality to life. I think totally. it builds a really good mindset of going like um, there's always options to build wells. There's always options to do d- things differently. I don't have to stay stuck in my ways. I think that's a great mindset to cultivate.
0: Yeah. It's the, what is it? The chef with a recipe versus the chef with a chef book. Like the cookbook. Chef book. I love that. The chef <laughs> book. do you like that? Yep. I did. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, that's the last time I say something that's not written down, Charlie.
1: <laughs> well, I want to flip it here. I mean, how are you playing things at the moment? I mean, I've, I've laid out a kind of my thinking and what I'm assessing. How closely does that align to you? And is there things you are looking at or pursuing or thinking about differently?
0: Yeah, so the, it's a great question. So the analogy uh, that I'm using is probably when I was buying, like a year and a half, two years ago, it was very much like a machine gun approach of just going, more, just let's, let's go crazy. But now, because... Uh, very conversations that you and I have and wealth team that we share and the conversation I'm having, I'm like, it's not the same market as it once was before, which means that using your yellow pages analogy, it's like, is this still going to be the greatest investment for me or are there going to be other opportunities to come through? Because I agree everything works in cycles and now I'm not trying to buy at the bottom of the market and sell at the top of the market. I'm trying to find non-lazy assets that continue to grow for a very long period of time, I'm not looking to buy something, sell something and try and make the the, the the difference, right? I'm going, well, what is the good asset that I can buy and hold for the rest of my life potentially in this current market? And <sighs> so- It's like, like,
1: what's a good 20-year decision?
0: That's it. Like, I'm just like, because I'm not, like, and I support people doing uh, flipping and developing and subdividing and doing all of those things. Like, right, I get it and I align to it and all those kind of things. In my context, Charlie, we are going so freaking hard at business, like crazy hard. The last thing I need is another job doing something else. <laughs> I'm like, so for me, I'm like, well, I got so much to do within the business. What is going to be the next opportunity? And so right now, uh, I am actively saying I want to invest more in my portfolio, and it will most probably be residential. The only thing I'm looking at is going, what is going to be the next right opportunity for me? based on it. So right now I could go and buy some properties, but I'm going, well, is buying a bigger asset? So I know you mentioned at the start, like, uh, unit blocks, like is maybe spending a million dollars on a unit block going to be the better one, or maybe buying two half a million dollar houses or three, $300,000 houses. What one is going to be the better purchase based on the current environment and based on where I'm going to get to for my goal. So it's not so much of me sitting there saying like, I'm probably not sort of waiting it out and, and evaluating it's more going, I want another asset. I want to grow more. What is going to be the right long-term asset and what opportunities are people seeing that I probably haven't seen? And worst case scenarios just validates that maybe just more of the same is a better outcome.
1: I love that thinking. I think that is like a, a, the long-term approach, like the long game wins in some ways. We can often uh, confuse ourselves into being very tactical, right? It's like, oh, what's the new thing?
0: I want, I want to jump in this like crypto
1: offering. <laughs> I do know I get tempted. I'm sure you do too. Totally. But totally. Um, I just think that is such a high quality question. Everyone should be asking themselves more often. Yeah,
0: and I just keep replaying the episode where we kept talking about how much money I lost by investing based off other people's opinions, and I was like, oh, that hurts. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to go through these things again. Um, and so similar to yourself. What I have done is I've just gone to people I know in both my wealth build, building team. I go, like, how are you approaching this? Um, which is awesome. Went and got one of uh, Aaron's like, let's just go refinance, get you some more cash flow. Whilst we'll you try and figure out what you're doing. Awesome, thanks. No worries at all. Like, we'll go refinance. Uh, then I'm going out to my network. And for those who are listening to this, you probably got pings of like, what are you doing different now than what you did two years ago? Right, because I'm, just, I'm curious. I'm like, wonder what I want to do. Well, what are you doing? Um, and to anyone listening, like I'm more than happy to share what I'm thinking about and hence why I've got this podcast. Um, and then I've actually got one person doing a portfolio review on top of what I've currently got, Charlie, uh, just to go, I wonder what that would do. And so I've said to them, hey, can you go and just present to me what two or three different scenarios look like based on the data that you see. Now, whether or not I invest based off it, it's a very different question. It's more going, have you seen something that I'm not considering or have you seen something that I'm not thinking Um, but I'm totally in the way I'd summarize it is based on where I'm at in my journey. I want more and I'm more risk on than sort of where you are on like more of a risk off based on sort of the size of portfolio and how hard I'm pushing versus how hard you might be pushing. And I I really want to hit that home because contextually relevant to everybody listening to this, like Charlie and I. We talk a lot together. We have very similar sort of ideas and thoughts. Sometimes we challenge each other very much so and completely disagreeing on things. But the scenarios are different, very different. i got a whole heap in like business shares and equity that I've got in startups. Uh, right, Charlie's got a whole heap of risk sitting on more properties, like fundamentally different, which means, yes, we share similar views and similar sim- similar opinions, but the way that we're going to attack this current scenario that's facing us, whether it's the next three, six, nine, twelve 12 months, different, just different. <laughs> we know our own situations.
1: I know I'm not allowed to give uh, financial advice or recommendations uh, because I am not qualified. Let me repeat that, not qualified if you didn't pick up on that through all our disclaimers. <laughs> I
0: was going to say, just put another one in.
1: No, but I'm going to make one. I think now is a very important time to get good advice and correlate data. Yes. I think this is a huge thing and i am by no means suggesting that is me or grant just to repeat that point but i do look at it and go maybe this is a time and i'm not even going to say maybe this is a time where you should be seeking out more advice yeah more opinions from people who are doing who are qualified good at what they do proven track records for people like yourself and uh really make sure they're on the ball as well right i'll notice this that once people get a winner they tend to like get biased so even then is like the team you're uh, with the advisors you have, make sure you keep them honest as well. Yep. Assess that they're playing the game of today, not the game of 10 years ago.
0: Yeah, same environment. Interest rates going up, inflation going rampant. Um, what have you seen? What have other people done? How have you approached it differently? And the thing I always like doing is it's like I always term it as like acting like a child and ask like why five times. It's like why, 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 <laughs> until they just get because. Uh, and the interesting thing is that I've actually been pointed towards uh, some very sort of detailed concepts of that that basically supports their opinion or that they see supports their opinion. I'm like, I never realized that like a bond market. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I get this. I understand now why you've got this. Or, hey, i made all my money in, I don't know, the 2007 bought when it was low and now property is worth it. Oh, awesome. Great. Well, now I'm going to factor that into my thoughts right? Like those are the interesting points that I've started realizing the more that I dive into asking these challenging questions of people. I don't know if they like me asking those questions, but yes, I do.
1: <laughs> I often, when, uh, just to throw this one in before we wrap it up, do you often feel like when you're speaking to people, no one is asking them these questions? No
0: one. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to steal this point. I agree because it's like, why I can ask why like twice and they kind of run out of i like, oh, so, like, where have you built this foundational awareness and this foundational concept and knowledge? It's like, well, it's just how it is. It's just always, always this way. Like, this is what I did. Like, I'm like, okay, okay, cool, great. Right, it just change. It just changes my interpretation, or potentially changes my interpretation of what they think is fact. It is the best way for me to sort of form my own opinion around things.
1: All right. Well, let's wrap this one up from here. Oh, yeah. I think it's uh, some interesting concept, hopefully very helpful to people out there that are going through a time of maybe uncertainty or indecision and how they could potentially work through it.
0: Yeah, and anyone listening to this, uh, if you are sort of on your journey, um, feel free to head over to Facebook. Join the full stack business owner community. Uh, Share anything you're willing to share. Again, Charlie and I are pretty much open books on where we're at and what stages. And we'll continue doing these episodes as we sort of change, pivot, etc. So we are here and we want to celebrate your wins. And we want to hear what you're thinking about because it actually helps us with our opinions where we're forming. But I just want to say thank you again to everybody who's listening. And I look forward to catching you on the next episode of Full Stack of Business Owner.